Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode, I can't believe this, it's a buck 90, episode 190 for July 3rd, 2019. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are Tim Sway and Bill Lutz. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Lakeside Woodcrafter, a Stu Morrison, the Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> is, that a, is that a piccolo? No, it is a titsu. Flute. It's kind of, it's like a recorder from the Basque region of Spain. It's like a traditional instrument in their culture. Huh. I don't know how uh, to play This it. week's Music Corner brought to you by the Basque people of Spain. <laughs> I had it good before. There it is. There's the fanfare. Yeah. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, who I've got words for later, mm, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Wow, that's a lot of people. Uh, what are we working on? The handsome Bill Lutz. What's cooking over there? Uh, you know, I'm working on basically looking better than I ever have. Yeah, uh, no, I guess that job that, is done. Yeah, for mm. those of you that don't know, I, I am out of town. I'm visiting family in Utah, and uh, my long, lustrous locks have been cut, and I now look like, what would you say, Phil? Sasquatch. No, that's what <laughs> I used to look like. Oh, sorry. What did I say? No. I said adult. Oh, adult. That's what I did. So I look like, now I look like an adult. And, mm. um, yeah, so out of town visiting. Going to uh, do some 4th of July shenanigans tomorrow by going out to Nephi, Utah, which I don't know where it's at. And um, But apparently there's a heck of a uh, fireworks production that will be seen by all there. Words. Cool. And I would like to Excellent. point out that um, I looked up um, Tim's doppelganger, and that is the actor from a show called Silicon Valley, which oh, is on. Yes, yes, and um, other than which he's guy? way better looking and younger than you, Tim, it does look a lot like you. Yeah, no, I'm definitely better looking and younger than him. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's. What that's about you, Tim? What's happening there? Um. Well, I can tell you about the the cheats who oh, I was yeah. just playing. This guy, you're right. Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt. He's, yeah, yeah, this yeah, guy. Tim yeah. is better looking. This guy. Yeah. But, oh yeah. But twins. I'm anyway. funnier and more successful too. So. Yeah. You know. Maybe funnier. All of those things. <laughs> um, we have a an exchange student staying with us. Uh, her name is Nadea, and she is from the Basque region of of Spain, which is like kind of like. The French Canadian thing that you got going on in your neck of the woods there, Phil. They're like a They're separatists, a, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones talking about insurrection over there, you know. But um yeah. but so they, they have their own cultural like language and stuff that they speak. They also speak uh, many of them also speak Spanish, but um uh so we've done this before. We had a, a girl that came here like four or five years ago, uh two years in a row with this program that was about Maddie's age and and then the people that were doing the program, they had a couple people left to place and even though 
we don't have a teenage kid anymore. They're like, do you, can you help out? And we're like, absolutely. So we got this, this 15 year old girl staying with us for a month and she's super cool. And her and Vance get along great. She's like a, she's like a big sister to Vance and she's like teasing him and they're playing together and stuff. So it was pretty cute. <laughs> but so when, um, they traditionally, when they, when they come, they always like bring some gift from their homeland for their, for their host family. And so she brought me because she knew I was a musician. We had written back and forth a little, uh, she brought me this, this flute, which is like indigenous to their, their people. It's like a three, a three keyed like recorder that you would like play with one hand and then you would like play a drum with another hand when you were marching. And then there's, so we started looking up some of those kind of interesting things and, and uh, I love learning stuff. So it was pretty cool. And I can't play it obviously, but, but, um, well, better than us. Hey, can can I, I, uh, can I, can I chime in on something that's sort of related to what the, your exchange person is? Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so it's going to suck, but go ahead. No, no, this is actually really super cool. Um, I met my daughter Aspen's friend, uh, Serenity, and Serenity's family puts on what's called a folk festival. She was just telling me about this today. And the folk festival is where they do, basically, it's like an exchange student, but they sponsor children from all over the world, right? Or kids from all over the world Mm -hmm. to come and stay with the different families here in this small town in Utah. And then they have a festival where each one of them plays a different instrument and does some of their culture and it's like this big festival of all these different places. I mean, from, you know, Sarajevo. That is cool. Yeah, I mean, all the, so her family hosts, her mom actually is uh, the one that does this. But they, they go through and they get the, they talk to all the embassies. They get their passports taken care of. They get money donations, all that stuff to get these kids over here. And then they, they host them. But anyway, they do like three kids themselves or groups. Wow. You know? Yeah, so I just. That, and they already that, have like 12 kids. So like that's a lot of kids. Uh, actually, Serenity's parents are not of that persuasion. Oh, I see. But uh, she does have a pretty big family anyway. <laughs> okay. But there's like nine of them. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. No, no. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then no, since is... you're talking about Spain, I would just like to say my in-laws are in Spain, and I wish them, Mom and Dad, I hope you're doing well and enjoying your time there. Done interrupting. Oh, nice. Way. Nice. Maybe they'll bring you back a, a shih tzu t- <laughs> to play. I would like that, except I think they might mistake that for a shih tzu, and I would end up with another dog, and I don't want that. A small, annoying dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and then I'm, I'm making stuff too, whatever. But uh, how about you, Phil? Wait, 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 wait. Don't skip by that that, that CNC project uh, uh, Chinese door thing, whatever you call it. Japanese. Uh, You don't call it Chinese door, I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Chinese do not like that. The room door, the room divider door thing. Um, Yeah, well, I thought that I would actually talk about that in our topic because there's, uh, like, if you you saw the video, there is uh, a direct correlation to our... cheating. You can't just use what I've been doing stuff for, you know, you can't pick and choose. I've been cheating since day one on this podcast then, I guess. Yeah, I feel like like you could Yeah, I, I didn't know that there was rules. <laughs> yeah, they're not that hard and fast. They're yeah, just they're don't slow swear. and soft. That's, they're, they're that's our only soft. rules. Don't swear, <laughs> and don't interrupt. That obviously is a rule. We all <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you right to. now that I understand the slow and soft reference. So I'll I'll stop the interrupting if you'll agree that slow and soft is cute. I will agree to that in principle. <laughs> <laughs> Only in principle. Oh, I do have one other thing I, I, I could I could 
wanted to mention that I'm super proud of and nobody's going to care, but uh, you guys like to, to bust on me about my little truck, you know, and that's fine. Um, yeah. I love it. I think it's a blast. So, you know, in case you don't know, I'm, I'm driving an import mini truck. It's a three-cylinder, very small truck. It's about 10 feet long. But um, so my, my goal has been, you know, my driveway is wide enough for two cars, to, you know, so you can park one and then drive around it and drive past it, you know. And then there's this other spot that kind of like sinks back that's a little bit deeper that's not wide enough for a third car, but it is for a key truck. And that's where I, I park it. And so my goal is I've been, I want to pull into my driveway forward and turn around and not have to do a K turn to back into my spot to make it so you just pull, you know, so you could pull forward and turn and then cut the wheel and, and back into the spot. And I finally cracked how to do it because it's so, like, I was thinking that I wouldn't be able to do it in the narrow part of the driveway and I have to do it in the wide part. And so I'd go out into the wide part and then try to cut and kind of like go around like a keyhole. And there just wasn't enough room to do the full keyhole. But then I figured out I didn't have to with it. I can actually, it's so short, I can just pull right out. <laughs> just before I go to the spot I want to park in, I can just, just cut the wheel all the way to the left and, and pull forward. And then I can cut the wheel all the way right and back up and just do a complete in my driveway without doing that third pull. And I've been very, very happy about that. And I thought I'd share Is there that any with you. possibility that we can talk you into some sort of video documentation on this? Yeah, I, I could probably, I could probably do that. I feel like probably. this really deserves. Uh, more attention. Yeah. You know what I'll do? I'll put I'll put Vance up on the roof with a with a GoPro. Oh, uh, how cool would that be? Just strap him down or tape him <laughs> down, actually. Yeah, just, just wrap straps him. are fine, I think. <laughs> I'll see what I can. Uh, okay. Thank um, you. So what's the topic? Uh, the topic is it's Phil's turn. Um, Phil's turn. Phil has a video. <laughs> I put out a video last week. No, you did uh, not. Yes, I did. You saw it, and you commented, so I know you saw it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's tremendously complimentary. Um, yeah, so it was a video about um, about building a little corner display shelf, and I did it for my uh, my electronics workbench area, but it's a total woodworking project. And, uh, and it was fun. I made it from this reclaimed uh, desktop. I cut off a portion of it, and I turned it into that. And that was a fun little build. And uh, that was nice. So I did that. I also um, I put my monitor that I'm using right now. A long time ago, I bought a wall-mounted uh, arm for it so that I could sort of have better adjustability for it and right. have room under it where I could put stuff, like right now on my desk. So I did that this weekend. And I also built a uh, power supply and um, sort of a let's say, um, electronics enclosure for a switch to be able to turn on my LED lights on the on the workbench. I'll take a little picture of that. Actually, uh, the power supply is not strong enough, so after a couple of minutes, the lights just get dimmer and the thing starts to buzz. So I think after I record, I'm going to swap it out for a, a stronger power supply. But it was still cool to build uh, a little electronics enclosure. It actually looks like a, like a light switch. Um, I should probably take a picture of it and post it, but... That was that was fun, and I'm curious to know if anybody has any objections to using wood as an electronics enclosure. Nope. I don't think so. Nope. Nope. I don't. But I think it's okay. Anyways. Well, it depends upon. I mean, I mean is this 110 or? It's 110 with a half bridge that turns into DC. Boy, the electric. I guess. I guess as long as in. it's properly ventilated, so it doesn't get too hot. I mean, that's. But that's, I mean, how? What's the? flash temperature of wood is way hotter than if that transformer or whatever gets that hot you got yeah. bigger problems you know what i mean right 
That's so. the thing is, how hot is that bridge rectifier? Yeah. Get? I don't know. I can measure it. It doesn't get too hot. I pulled it out of an old... Have to be mounted. Okay, but sometimes they mount that with... Uh, there's a special grease that you put behind it, and it's usually mounted to aluminum to try and suck yeah. some of that heat off. But I don't right. know the exact applications to what you're talking about, so... I don't think... It's to power some LED... Like an LED strip. Yeah, would, that's, would it, that should be would fine. It, could it be mounted inside of thin-walled plastic? Not that you should do that, but if you say that yes, yeah. then I would say that wood is probably just as... Resilient. It came out of a metal enclosure. I took it out of an old network switch. <clears throat> and it and it, on all the MOSFETs on it, or like the half bridge, right. all have heat sinks, like aluminum heat sinks. Right. And they're, so. and they're still there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should be fine. Worst case, maybe what I'll do... Is get a fire extinguisher? Is maybe I'll bring two holes on opposite sides, and I could put a little tiny fan on there i'm not worried about the heat buildup so much as i am if that something happens where that 110 shorts out and it starts sparking there's a fuse on there okay Hmm. and also if you plug and plug into a 20 amp breaker like a you know if you have like a or 15 amp it's already it goes right into a um, yeah I meant one of those, um, like a power strip that has a little, they're like usually right. 10 or 15 amps. Yeah. Plug it's into got, one of those. It's, it's plugged into an interrupter, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it would do yeah. power. I don't think okay. so. I'm, Again, I'm sure I, if someone I listening. Ask, I would ask one of our yeah. uh, electrician people to chime in for Phil's Yeah, sake. Like, yeah like drop but cable line or something. If, yeah. if the house burns down, you know where I live and you know where the spare key's at. That's true. I do. <laughs> Thank you for the hospitality. You're welcome. And it's close. Phil, I love your wall of um, yes. of all the old circuit boards. I I love love it. Like I don't just like it. I love it. And uh, <laughs> I it was oh, here's cool. what, here's what I want you to do. I want you yeah. to get rope lights, and I want them to be hidden so you can't see that they're rope lights. And I want little LEDs and all around those things. Oh, cool. And so it's blinking, like so okay. it looks like there's actually like so it looks like it's actually like computing and there's things happening. Oh, that's a good idea. That's now, cool. Phil, to make this actually more feasible to where you could do it, because that sounds like that would be a lot of work but if you built no. a <coughs> small frame around that that entire thing like it's a big picture you can hide yeah. those lights in behind that frame and have those be the ones blinking and glowing and kind of illuminate the entire no. they have and to Tim be one side so that the circuit boards look like they're working so you have to drill little holes in the circuit boards oh, and put yeah. the bulbs in them and yeah. then, and then just, I mean, you got your new hot glue gun. You're all excited to find projects for it. This is perfect, you know? Yeah. So you just, you know, pull a panel down, drill a couple holes, and just stick a couple little LEDs, little dabs of hot glue, put that one back up, move to the next one. Yeah. It won't take you, it'll take you an hour. Right. You know what I liked about it is that it's kind of like, if I need a spare part, I could pull it off. I could just pull one of these boards <laughs> off the wall because it's only hot glue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take off the, like, the capacitor or whatever it is and mm-hmm. then and hot glue it back on. It's almost like storage for... A bunch of little parts, but, but it's art. It's absolute art. I thought it. I thought it was cool. Just a good way to give a cool backdrop for film, really, more than anything. But I, yeah. I do find it very inspirational. Yeah, and these lights, these lights. I agree. Like, I agree. If you were clo- if you were closer, I would have already been there, like doing it. Like <laughs> I was like, I saw it. I was like, oh my god, I want blinking lights. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool idea. You know what? That could be a cool. I have an Arduino. That could be a cool Arduino oh, maybe, project. Maybe you can make it. Maybe you can make it techie. And make it. Uh, so I could make, make it so that it kind of goes in patterns. Your Arduino. Yeah. Oh, I like that. What a lot. if you? Ooh. What if you? Um, 
Oh man! Could you connect it? Bill's writing down one could of you my connect ideas. it to a? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. Could you connect it to a microphone? So and then put the lights in so they're in like a wave shape. So while you talk, it like looks like it's recording yeah. your waves. Yeah, you could do that. So so if you're doing your, it would your look more like it would look more like um like a volume meter, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. More like left, yeah. right rather than waveforms, but yeah, sure. whatever. Ooh, yeah, just so like the so the lights are connected to you. So your voice sounds like a robot. I could, I won't, but I Why? could. Why? That would be, dude, it's like you're talking about an electronics project, and you get one of those things, you don't have to do anything, just push the button, and then what your voice goes in as comes out as like, you know, by your command, you know, something like that. You, you can do that in post-production to be, you too. Black, you want me to be Ozzy Osbourne? I am hmm? Iron Man. Yeah. No, 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 like a mo- like a 70s sci-fi robot, like or yeah. like a Star Trek original series robot. Oh, like, you know, when they, Danger oh, Will the worst. Danger. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like a bad Danger. robot. Right. Yeah. I like the Arduino blink based on volume for board wall. Very cool. That is going to be a project. I love it. I was Dude. thinking, what am I going to do with this Arduino? And that's a project. That's cool. Cool. Gentlemen's, thank and, you. And you can you can dig up, um, I mean, because microphones like you know, like an old computer microphone or something like. Oh yeah, Dive does it. I probably already have one of them mounted. Exactly, up. you you piezo. do somewhere. You, you know. got a microphone. Get a disc yeah. piezo. You got yeah. a microphone right there. Yeah, exactly. I have plenty of old uh, old uh, headphones. Anyway, you could pull yep. them out of. So. There you go. Hmm. Um. All right. So Good this talk, week. Oh. Yeah, no, that was cool. I appreciate that. I'm, you know what? This is getting two asterisks next to it because I love this idea. <laughs> two asterisks. Two asterisks. Whoa. That's going to be the project right after the lab bench power supply that I'm going to build. So Nice. So um, we, we're still doing FIFO, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this week's topic is called FIFO, which is a warehousing term, and it breaks out into a first in, first out. So basically you ship out... The last thing, sorry, the first thing that came into your warehouse is the first thing that ships out. So you're always shipping out the oldest item in your warehouse. Um, what that has to do with the Maker Podcast, Nothing. we're about or, to find out. Oh, well, it, Yeah, it strays a little bit from the original kind of concept that, because the title was cool. Because we're definitely, it's definitely not like, oh, this pallet came in first, so this pallet goes out first. It's not yeah. that. It's more... I was thinking about from a few weeks ago my recommendation of um, the the creative uh, brain I think it was called the the um, the show on Netflix that I, I mentioned as my shout out a few weeks ago and they're talking a lot about input output of of inspiration and and uh, this one particular guy was talking about getting input from you know places that weren't necessarily related to the output and so I was thinking about as far as us in our workshops what are some of the the input sources that we have that might not be you know, other workshops. And we are decided that we're not going to say the first guy that says nature has to do 20 push-ups. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I would do them anyway because I'm incredibly strong, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And I would have Phil do them for me because there's no way I'm ever doing 20 push-ups. Right. Right. <laughs> there actually was a time, and I swear to God, not that long ago where if you said drop and give me, I could give you a hundred push-ups just like, like no problem. There, there actually mean, was a time, a long time ago, that you oh. said not that long ago. I'm saying no, long ago, long, long, 40 years ago, maybe, almost. That would have made you 12. 
okay, so maybe 35 years ago that I could do that. <laughs> I mean, like, five years ago I could have done that. Yeah. Maybe I still could. I'll try later. Um, so we can't talk about nature, but I think we. I think the important thing... and Or I, guitars. Where I always... What's that? No. And yes, and the rule is we can't talk about guitars either because, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I think uh, cross-discipline, right? So multidisciplinary. So I think all three of us and a lot of makers aren't just like one thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't really be a maker, right? You'd be a metal worker or a woodworker oh, or an electronics yeah. hobbyist. And I think what makes us makers is the multidiscipline element of it, and that's what I love so much. We're always sort of looking to dip our toes into every little thing because that's what's new and exciting and different. And bringing those things together is what makes it such an amazing community and experience altogether. So um, and add on top of that the reclaim factor, which is what we do, and right? Definitely yes. brings in the multimedia. So. And, and so then all of that, you know, kind of boils down into problem solving. So what I love doing is watching videos and content from people that make things that I have no clue how to make mm-hmm. or, or really wouldn't have either the inclination or the ability to make. But and I don't mean ability like physically. I just mean that like I don't have a machine shop or I don't have uh, leather working tools right now. But I still like watching the video because I find it relaxing and just super interesting um, and, and it helps me think about how to do something in one of my mediums in a different way potentially. Uh, and so I find that very interesting. Like, I don't have a home machine shop, but I think I've seen every single This Old Tony video because yeah. the guy just makes it so freaking interesting. He, he could, I don't know, he dimensions a block of steel, and I'm like, wow, that's well, amazing. That, he makes it seem like this yeah. is something that we can do as well. It may take a while. We may have some stuff yeah. to learn. But he doesn't make it seem like it's this otherworldly magic that we will never be able to do. Right. He demystifies. That's for yes, sure. Demystifies. Which uh, metalworking has, until recently, and really until the YouTube kind of maker thing, for me at least, that's what metalworking always was, was like this mysterious, like shrouded in, you know, whether it was welding or machining, it was always like, oh, you can't do that. And then, then you yes. see guys like this, it's like, oh, wait, I can. You know, I, I could. Well, even <laughs> and at home though, for I mean, like can... five or six hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. On these like a uh, mini you mill. You can say the same about. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you yeah. can say the same about woodworking. As far as up until I think YouTube and the maker community, it was something that was these specialists, these artisans that do these amazing things with wood, making furniture and, and beautiful pieces of art. There's no, you're not in the club. You don't get to learn how to do that. Unless you become yeah. an apprentice, yeah. unless you you know, unless you work for some place, journeyman and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. like it was now this sharing of knowledge. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't want to get off on that. So that's your inspiration. No, you're right. Phil is the community itself. Um. Yeah, watching a lot of videos and, um, you know, and and I've had the good fortune. I mean, the job wasn't great, but the people were amazing. At, you know, last job that I had, and they had a machine shop, so I got to learn a ton there, and that's really what gave me the kick in the butt to right. become a maker in the first place, I guess. I mean, I'd always, like I said, I've said it many times, I've always been handy and never really been afraid to work with tools and to fix things around the house, but to create from nothing, and especially to work with Reclaimed, like this work environment is what did that for me. You know, seeing pallets and having access to those materials. And then 
and then YouTube, of course. You know, I said before, all those Jimmy videos that I watched like a million times. All of a sudden, I was like, wow, okay, so it's this confluence, this mix of like Jimmy videos, access to this, the inspiration of being in a machine shop. And I was like, wow, this is, this is something. This is incredible. And I remember still for the first time after I bought a used planer and I ran a piece of wood through it and it came out like glossy, smooth, and it had been disgusting before because it was a piece of pallet wood. And then right. on the other side of it, it was like this brand new piece of I was blown away. I still remember the feeling, like holding it up to like, I felt like <laughs> the luckiest guy in the world. Like I discovered, you know, like uranium yeah. or, or something. Yeah. I thought it was incredible. You know, it's funny. And it's awesome. You mentioned that you see these other artists, these other makers doing stuff, and where, or, or even at the machine shop at your work, and it, it gets you this feeling where you can do that too. But you're at a point now where I bet you there are people who are not makers that look at some of the things that you've done and consider it art. Maybe so. And I think I, that's I, very, very flattering. I, I, I do too. I mean, I, I've had people tell me that, oh, this is beautiful. You know, I love your art stuff like that. I still don't know how to take that. I don't know how to, well, I just made it. It's not art. I just made something. It's not art. Yeah, every artist says that. But yeah. uh, now having been to your house and seen these items, you're not building mission-style furniture out of plans that you found in an old woodworking <laughs> book. You really are building eclectic furniture in a way that like is extremely unique. So I would look at what you make and actually call it art. Well, I, so we're talking about inspiration. Let me let me give you my one of my uh, that's not nature and guitars, um, and I just saw okay. this and and I've done this for a long time and I bet you you two have done it many 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 times, but I'm sitting here uh, watching these kids, two three years old, and they're playing where they stuffed their little kid table inside of a duvet cover to make a tent in the living yeah. room. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And then they stepped a couple chairs in it to make the entrance to it, so it's like it's saggy. You go through the entrance, and you got to go underneath the saggy part to get into the back room. And then you hear them in there. Right. But their ability to take that nothing and use their imagination and to make so much. How often have we talked about that, about limited resources, limited tools, and, and being creative with that? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I've done this in the past, where you just get inspiration from kids that don't have a clue. And they're, they're coming up with more ideas and they're being more creative than in five minutes than we can for months at a time. That's not biological, by the way. That's training, right? So, like, the school's out of a weird t tangent to take, but schooling uh, up until very recently, if not still, has removed a lot of imagination out of people, right? right? You're forced to memorize things. You're forced to do things the way that the teacher would have you do it. You're, you're, it's a very systemized uh, methodology for, for teaching and for learning. So imagination is a lot of times removed out of that, and I know Tim's going to have a lot to say about it, but, but that well, is a fact. We don't lose well, imagination the, as we get older like memory. We just have it trained out of us. There's a famous quote from Pablo Picasso, and he says, "All children are born artists. The problem is to remain an artist when we grow up." And that's yeah. exactly. I attributed, you know. I attributed that quote to Jimmy the first time I ever called him an artist. Actually, just thought. Oh I yeah. So, you, so like Ron Flair. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I just I watched something of his, and it just I remember that quote. That's one of my favorite quotes from Pablo Picasso. Yeah. yeah. And I looked it up mm. just to make sure I got the wording right, and I and I just like. 
I just quoted that like to your video. This, you know, I just consider, ah, okay. Jimmy's a oh, oh, you wrote it before I, I, would, yeah. I really saw what Jimmy was doing. Like you were just talking about, Phil. It's like, wow, I can do this too. I've done some of these things. I, I never thought to put these, you know, two and two together to make this thing like he did. But what an amazing maker he is! And then it wasn't very much longer after what, starting to follow Jimmy and to see what he was doing that I, that I just like, no, this dude ain't a maker. He's an artist, straight out. He. He is well. He first of all, he is like he's a teacher, and yeah, and a lot of times it's interesting to see, because um, you think of him as like yeah, a woodworker, a metal worker, or a leather worker, whatever it is. But then sometimes, and he just released a video not too long ago where he made a sewing kit box, yeah. right? And the box was cool, but what really struck me was at the beginning of it, he just sketched it out as planning it, and you could see a fast forward version of him, right? And like. This guy can sort of take an imaginary item, put pen to paper, in scale, and then from this drawing, make it a real thing. So from conception to execution, he has that ability to turn art into function and then the other way around as well. So I I think he's – we talked about the difference between skill and talent. I think this guy is incredibly talented. Um, but but also, you know, the skill from years and years and years of doing this stuff has just made him a master, and it's just an incredible thing to witness. Yeah, there's the two sides of of creating, and, and it's there's the creative process and all that artsy fartsy stuff. But then there's also the just being able to make it happen in the physical world, and it's yeah. um, it's you know like uh, one of the, you know my answers to this thing is one of the places that I look to for inspiration is is art itself like art museums and we were just at an art museum a few days ago um not that i go often but but um it's you know looking at art because i i go to these art museums and i I look at the paintings and the colors and i get ideas from shapes and stuff etc etc but then i also look at the stuff and i'm like i'm like like they well they're calling that art man i guess i'm making art you know (laughs) like you kind of like and then and then you know you i read the little cards on the stuff like i'm into the sculpture primarily more than paintings and I, you know, I read the little cards and like 99% of the time it's like like if you read the card you realize that the artist didn't make it they hired someone like us to make it the artist hmm. yeah oh yes sketch. yes yes so, so the artist had the sketch and was like you know here I want to I want to get 50 the, the most recent one I saw this like this is like all these three-legged stools and they're all joined together to make this big like kind of u-shape is like 30 or 40 of them and they're kind of defying gravity you know and um so wooden stools and and so I'm looking at them like, that's really cool. I'm like, what a great idea. And then I read it. It's like, okay, so there's two people involved. There's the guy that, that had the idea, and then there's the guy that made it. I'm like, who, right. who am I more impressed with right now? You know what I mean? Like, I want to be both personally, like, you know? Yes. And th- there's a whole thing of that in the art world. I mean, like Andy Warhol with the factory in the 70s and stuff. And, you know, and all these people, he would, all these people were making art with his name on it. And there's this other guy that's out there now doing that a lot. There's a couple of them, you know, they, they just hire these craftsmen to do it. Um, it's, it's an interesting, uh, I don't, I don't know what's an interesting mix to me. Like, yeah, but that's not, more, new, I don't know where right? I fall. No, it's not new at all. I suppose. I mean, like the pyramids go back to Michelangelo. All these guys what's had 30, 40 artists even, working for them. Yeah. How you even look at either one of those things is where now you're, now you're just like, well, I know I can learn to make just about anything. So that's not as impressive as it used to be. So now it's like, who came up with the idea? Is that more impressive? You know, the actual, the ability to, to be the, the creative part somehow becomes more impressive than the actual somebody who's just hired to, to build something off of plans, right? Well, you know, to me, the, to me, the idea has no always plans. been the, the... Right, well, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, the, so that's the problem-solving part of it. 
is will create the artist maybe creates the plans you know or whatever but i don't think he does me, i think this is my idea and then it's up to that craftsman to be like okay here's how we're going to do it and so that's the two halves of the same coin is the idea that's the inception the inspiration for the whole thing oh, i want to mm. have all these stools in a u okay well that doesn't really make sense but let's think about how to do that and then they work together to actually get it done so, so this, the idea this, and then the you know, execution that creativity that's a that's yeah. a beautiful flow it's that goes from that from the guy who came up with the idea into the craftsman who's now implementing and making that real as opposed what i was saying is that it it used to be impressive or maybe it still is in some ways but i'm not as impressed with somebody who has the skills because they've learned how to operate a couple of tools to take plans and build a thing that's all well mm -hmm. and good but it's when you can build your own thing, make your own plans, or when you can take an idea or a concept from somebody else, and how do I actually make that come to fruition? Like Tim was saying, you know, hey, I want a bunch of, I want a, uh, you made out of a bunch of stools. Well, you can't just, if you don't give somebody the plans to do that, the guy who's gonna implement that has to be very creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's, it's the, the two sides of it. Like, I, I feel like a well-rounded artist, you know, would be capable of doing both. Um, and to, for me, for most of my, I've always compared myself to like, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm more like, like, um, uh, Pollock than I am Picasso or, you know, whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in the idea and like throwing stuff around. I'm not really too interested in like my T's, like the little tiny dots. Like I'm just not that kind of artist mm -hmm. for me. It's always been the idea like the, that's been more important to me than the execution of it. And it reflects in my work honestly i don't i don't put the, the time into the fit and finish on a lot of the stuff that i make because but i'm bored with it a concept for almost every idea you have uh well yeah you, you know what's made me better at that side of it is the is the cnc world no doubt like um that made me better with the fit and finish side of things because i i don't have the patience to to do a lot of that like by hand and this and that and so that with it can have the machine like remove a lot of that time for me then it makes me more likely to want to bring it to the next level because I don't have the time invested because I'm already thinking about the next thing I want to do. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, as a furniture maker or whatever for for a job, then I'm on the other side of that. Like, I'm not the whole thing. I'm like the, the, the customer says, like, I want a coffee table that looks like this and, you know, that fits that space. And the good the good relationships are the ones where they don't have a picture. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, and it's, just, it's the same relationship as the guy with the use. It's, uh, you know, if you get the right customer, it can be a really rewarding experience. Most of them aren't, but <laughs> I, I like to use the term um, diminishing returns. So at mm. some point, it's just not worth additional effort. Like it'll take you 10 hours to get to 85%. And if it takes you another 10 hours to get to 95%, it's not worth it. It's better to move on to the next thing. That's exactly. Test. Yeah. Well, so like I the, feel like that's your philosophy. And at at work in, in many parts of my life, that is my philosophy. Get it to 85% and move on. Um, yep. and, and maybe that does reflect in my work, but I feel like you get a lot more accomplished when you understand that your time is better spent getting the next thing to 85%. I get. I guess when when people are standing around my grave, I don't want them to look at like this one amazing box that I made. I want them to look at like the ten thousand like insane right. things that are of all these different ideas. I, I'm more interested in the ideas than I am that wow, that guy really sanded that piece of wood to perfection. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just not me. What is that? Two thousand grits? Woo. Yeah. Wow. Oof, it's not even any polish on it. Yeah. yeah. But I, mean, honestly, I just that's just not what I'm into. For all of us, that's not going to be a problem, right? Because people, no one person is going to be saying, "Oh, Bill, I love your." 
I, I love your table that you made. And oh, Tim, I like your your desk, pinball desk. And oh, Phil, I like your whiskey box. I mean, everybody's going. There's going to be different people that like different things we have made once we're gone. If yeah, whoever that may be, right? I mean, it'd just be well, for all of us. I guess we, we we've left a little bit of a uh, a legacy on the interwebs, but. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about just being known for one particular thing. You want to be known for all the ideas and the failures and the successes and the things you thought up that were amazing and the things you thought of that were just kind of dumb. But speaking of the, the fit and finish, Tim, I'd like to say that still on some things I've watched you do that you had to do for client work, you've still taken an idea from somebody and you've created the, the process from A to B. The fit and finish may not have been one, but the process of getting it, uh, and we talked about this more efficiently, your build, making your build more efficient, like the cacti, right? A thousand cactuses and a thousand bar stools. You went from, okay, how can I, you started off, okay, I could do it like this, I could do it like this, okay, I need to get this done, okay, I'll go to Ganya and have him cut all these parts. You see what I'm saying? So you, you actually mm. did, maybe that's not necessarily the fit and finish of the end result, but it is going from point A to point B, and, and learning and go ahead what well, much much to my my wife's chagrin if if we're running errands and i'm driving i plan the errand so it's all right hand turns so i don't have to go left across traffic you know what i mean like hmm. i my my brain thinks like that anyways like systems like i'm probably on a spectrum of some sort i don't know but <laughs> you know but that's so that's like when I, when i when i go into doing something where i have to do i'm like i'm somewhat inefficient in my like artsy stuff I, I can't say the G word, but, um, <laughs> That's you right. know, but I, you know, like where I'm, I'm being in the creative process, I'm not any, there's nothing efficient about me. I'm like walking back and forth. But then if I have like, Oh, I got to do 10 of these. Like instantly I think, how can I do it without making any left-hand turns across traffic? What's the most of, and I always look for that, you know, efficient way. Um, that's a little bit yes. on the, that's a little bit on the, um, um, anal retentive, I think. Cause I don't quite go to that extreme, but if like if it's like okay, honey, do you want to go with me to the hardware store? Sure. Well, on our way, if you want to stop by and get something to eat, let's do that. And then she'll mention something that's no, we have to turn around and go ten miles out of the way. It's like no, that's not. I would rather do it. You know, we're going to go from point A to point B. If there's a spot in between yeah. those two, there's that a we restaurant can stop in between. At, yeah. yeah, we we yeah. can certainly do yeah. that. You know, try and make things efficiently. Or if I know we got to go out and run errands, I, I don't have to make a right turn for everything. But I, I certainly don't run from my house to San Francisco, back to Oakland, over to San Jose. You know, I mean, I try and make a yeah. concerted effort. We only do that when Phil's in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we did do that. <laughs> Um, speaking of being in the car, I am in the car quite a bit. Um, I have a commute of 30 minutes to work and 40 minutes home. And, uh, and I draw a lot of inspiration from just sort of being out and about. I like to, a lot of times I do listen to podcasts or listen to music or listen to comedy in the car. But I would say equally, I turn off the radio and I just like to drive in silence just to sort of calm myself. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you sort of look at the architecture of things as simple as causeways and overpasses. You're, and you're trading awfully close to nature here, pal. Well, no, because this it's isn't nature. This is man-made, right? So yeah. how, how do people – and this is also goes back to my multidisciplinary thing. Like things that are thousands of tons, how do they go together? So if they go together that way for steel and for concrete, they could go that way together for – 
wood or plastic or metal or whatever the case may be, right? And just drawing inspiration. Like today, um, I happened to work very, very close to um, the St. Lawrence Seaway. And they've put a, lo- a bike path and a green space that goes for miles and miles and miles. Okay, uh, <laughs> however, there's some man-made benches that they put down there. And we have a very, very old bridge called the Mercier Bridge uh, that, that crosses that 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 ocean span or it's more of a seaway span and uh and it's all this old steel and it's all girders and beams and it's uh this like i don't know it's all steel there's no pavement on it the whole thing is just this mesh Mm. steel that you drive over anyways yep all to say i was eating my lunch today staring at this thing going wow what a marvel of engineering and you just sort of drink it in and i know like i can't think of anything specific right now that i want to make because of this but i know i'm gonna that's somewhere that's marinating in in you know in my brain that i'm gonna use that some way somehow crosshatch pattern or you know the arch some way somehow um Mm. so you know even even when you're not paying attention your brain's always paying attention you know what I mean? Your unconscious mind always sees what you see and files it away even though you're not paying attention. And, and you will recall it and you'll be like, oh, oh, that's weird. I did see that at the fair the way the merry-go-round goes around, you know, um, you know, for whatever thing. Yeah, and so if that, you get into that kind of flow place is where you really give that, those things an opportunity to surface too. You know? Yeah. That, that yeah. makes me want to uh, define or clarify what, what, we're, what we mean by inspiration because I think a lot of people think inspiration has to be this – uh, spiritual enlightening about something, right? You know, it's like, oh, I just, I, oh, I must go make a thing now. And it's like, well, uh, actually, okay. the title, you know, that we first came up with Input Output, and then and now we got this First In, First Out. But it's input. It's 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 information that you're absorbing. And speaking of um, what you were just talking about, so where I'm at in the hotel room and where uh, Heidi, Duke, and the kids are at their house, they're building a hospital on one side, and on the other side, there I don't know what it's going to be, but it's one of those concrete um, sections of walls that they're fabbing right on site. So in other words, we got here a few days ago, and there was these two walls put up with these different sections, right? And they're flat concrete slabs. And what they do is they pour the concrete in a form, they dry it. And these things are 20 by 30 feet high, okay? It's a concrete slab. Yeah. And then a crane comes over, and it lifts the whole thing up when it's dried in the form... And then they take the form off and they just lift the section of wall up and they put it in place and they connect it. So in the few days that I've been here, I've watched just two walls being put up at a 40 or at a 90 degree angle. Now it's like this building is almost put together in a matter of. Wow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So so that just makes me think of, you know, and and across the way where the hospital's going up, that looks like a regular construction site where there's carpenters and girders and beams and all kind you know the what you would think of a big building being built where this other place there's more than one way to do things i guess is what i'm, I'm saying at. and that just i mean made, right right away i'm thinking of like a concrete river table that's made <laughs> right? just like that you know what i mean where you sort of you you move everything into position in its form right and then you could uh, any any anyways just you saying whatever, that for whatever me it is, is something yeah, you that's know? what inspiration is it's just like you're yeah. getting data from somewhere and you're either like you said you're putting it behind it's going to come back you're going to you're going to bring it back to the front it's going to it's going to spark something or you are inspired by a, a beautiful piece of art that you see or or whatever it might be right so make sure yeah. that we understand that when we say go out and get inspired that just means go look at stuff learn absorb yeah you know 
be curious, I think, is the most important thing. And I think that's sort of, we talked about legacy before. And I really, really hope that for my kids, for anyone who's listening, for anyone who's ever encountered me ever, that the thing you take away is be fearless and curious and, 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 and question things. You know, like we've become this society that consumes finished goods. How do we make our goods? Can, can I make some of these things myself? You know, like, can I own some of this manufacturing myself again? Can I fix my own? Can I change my own light bulbs? Be curious. And, and hopefully mm. that's, that's, if I died tomorrow, hopefully that's, that's the thing that my kids learned. Yeah, yeah. To, to bring it f- uh, full circle to reclaiming, just because I mentioned it at the top about the screen project, um, one of the things that draws me to working with reclaimed materials is that the materials that you're using had a life prior to us using them. So I like to find inspiration because I like puns and stuff. I like to find inspiration in in that work, like, you know, making a hammer out of nails and stuff like that. Um, but so this the screen project that I just put out uh, that I did for the Maslow CNC Maker Made CNC, um, I made it out of holocord doors and the holocord doors are full of cardboard and they mm-hmm. usually put in like a cross hatch pattern or whatever, some of them or whatever. But so there's one particular door that Vance and again, bringing children in, um, you know, Vance wanted to help me tear these doors apart. And so he was helping. And this one particular door had this very small honeycomb looking uh, cardboard inside it. And it all sort of like, it was misshapen in the middle where, cause they were put together in a factory. So it's not perfect in there. No one can see him. And so it kind of did this really cool sort of stretch into like, we're all sort of squished together and both Vance and I thought that looked really cool, and we stopped and we took a look at it. And then when I was deciding to do these privacy panels, these Asian-inspired, uh, you know, room dividers, uh, I was like, "Well, I'm using holocore doors. Why not give a nod back to the holocore doors?" And so I created a a honeycomb pattern, and I did that same sort of effect. But obviously, I I did, you know. So it's like a lot of times that clever the the great thing about reclaimed materials is a lot of time the inspiration is just right in them already. If you just like slow down a little bit and, right. and take a look yeah, at it. Yeah, no, you're right. I've seen a lot of times people make like silly, right? But little pallets out of big pallets and things like yeah. that. You but know, and just feature, featuring the knot hole and featuring the nail hole instead of hiding yeah. it, you know. I like yeah. that. I saw your video about taking apart those those um, the hollow core door, doors. Oh, I thought I, that yeah, was very interesting. Yeah, yeah I, put, I put two videos out at the same time. Yeah. For reference on what Tim's talking about, if people don't know how a hollow door hollow core door is made you got to watch the video because it's it's two very eighth inch pieces of plywood that's sandwiched uh used as sandwich for the honeycomb carpet but it'll all make sense if you watch tim's video yeah i, I thought someone had said hey because you know i'd show in the videos where i work with these things i break them down in the beginning and then someone said in a comment maybe you could put up a video showing how to break down doors and i was like oh i kind of felt like I did already in fast motion, but I was like, maybe I'm not. And so I just went as I, I had so much film footage from that, the maker made video. I was like, this video will be 30 minutes long if I, so I just did a whole pull out and did a, a video of just showing how to do it. Cause I want to encourage other people to mess around with them. I'd love to see, you know, them not go to the landfill, of course. So it's like, here's everything I know about breaking them down. There's been some great comments too, with some people having some ideas then recommending tools to use besides my, you know, $30 level. <laughs> <laughs> strip cardboard from the middle of them, which I kind of did because I knew I would. Don't forget the paint scraper. Uh, the five-in-one tool. Oh, yeah, the five-in-one tool is the other one. But also, I'm, I'm off the five-in-one tool. The I'm little, the... Uh, um, I have a paint scraper attachment that goes in my reciprocating saw. What? 
Yes. What does that Interesting. look like? Oh, I've seen those. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It looks like a paint scraper, but on the end of it, yeah. it's just got the same little nubbin in the hole to fit inside a reciprocating saw. And so there's also the... Back um, and forth, it's like a little tiny miniature... Jackhammer. Chisel, yeah. Jackhammer, yeah. There's also the um, huh. the oscillating saw, which I have. I always forget I have one because it came in a kit. It wasn't like I bought it. It was like right. in, in the kit, you know, so I just forget I have it, but an oscillating saw. Um, yeah, but I, I think what I want to do is I want to take a piece of steel, like a like a U-channel, and sharpen huh. sharpen two sides of it and just get a U-channel that's exactly the same width as in between the two skins and sharpen the edges a little bit. And so that way you just push the sharp edges down and just peel both, that ain't ever going to happen, time. but it's amazing that you would think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would tend to agree with Bill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an awesome I mean, idea. you know, until I, until I slice my leg off in the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in the name of I don't think it's going to slice yeah. right through as quickly as you think. I think you're going to go. Ugh, no. And that's it. Well, that's what I was doing with the level, and it worked. I was able to push through the. Yeah. You know, just how because much cleanup did you have? Anyway. No, it wasn't bad. That was the fastest way. That was definitely okay. the fastest way. You do you, boo. We like to you fast forward when Bill's wrong, so let's just move on to the next thing here. <laughs> okay. uh, let's do our iTunes review review. Uh, there's some mean ones this week, so let's do them. All right. I'll look them up. Did right you now. read them? I have not. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, just, just All right, really well, I'll tell you good. What. I'm, I'm going to do the first one from Paul. Paul Granger. Of course Granger. you are. Of course no, not Paul, not Paul Jackman. I'm going to leave Paul Jackman for you, Phil. Oh, terrific. <laughs> or let's, let's give it to Bill because he hasn't read it yet. So I'll do uh, N.Y. Granger, who's Paul, uh, Paul Granger. Um, yeah. uh, gets me charged up every week, five stars. I get great inspiration from this podcast. It recharges my week and has me wanting to go make something. Then the intro is over and three guys talk about guitars and stuff for about an hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> please, say, please say hi to Vance Maker for me. Signed, Cousin Paul. See you at Slip and Slide 2019. I, I, you know, I've yet to make it to one of um. That's his his cousin, uh, cousin, right? Brother-in-law, Tony Rouleau. Um, Are they brothers? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, they has he has this the Slip and Slide party every year, and I've yeah. yet to make it up to one because uh, he has a big hill on his property. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, but Paul and, and Vance are like buds. Like they they every time there's like a maker meetup or they like they hang out together. It's pretty cute. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He actually made uh, Paul made Vance a um, a safe out of an old electrical box, um, cool. like a metal, and then yeah. it, it didn't have any holes punched out in it. And then he took copper and he bent a copper circle with a V in it, and and, oh. and soldered it all together and and screwed it to the top of this box. And it's got a key on it, like a lock and everything. And Vance keeps all his his money and his change in there under the. I love I'm not that. gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you where. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. It's in it's in Bill's house. So once you get through the front door. <laughs> exactly. So, I keep it next uh, to uh, Bill's TVs. Yeah. You want to uh, take the second, Paul? You want to read that review? No, no, that for sure is you. I'll read the last one. Okay. Uh, so from Mr. Paul Jackman, who we're actually not supposed to talk about him or Gagne, um, yeah. it's called uh, It's a Podcast. And I like how he put his name on here. This is the review from Paul Jackman, not at PJ Butter and Jelly or whatever, right? Uh, my favorite part of the podcast is when Pinsky stops. Waiting for the other guys to laugh at his joke, but no one does. Five stars. First of all, they always do, okay? But yes, I do stop and wait for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is that there's one of one listeners has found this review helpful. Someone already clicked and found the help. So I'm going to click. So right now on the air, was this review helpful? 
Yes, Paul. Yes. Yes, it was. I just clicked it. <laughs> yes. And then, and then finally, uh, the most insulting, yet five stars, so we are compelled to read it. Um, the author is Disappointed Composer, uh, and the title is Finally Logged Into iTunes for Once. And the review goes as follows. Unintel- <clears throat> Unintelligible ramblings with very little substance. At least it's free. Five stars. <laughs> and now, I, I, would like to, I would like to talk about this for a second. If, in fact, this is sincere, and, and I, you know, you be you, boo, like I said, it's okay, Mr. Disappointed Composer. How do you feel about the fact that you logged in iTunes for the first time to leave us a five-star review? You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sure it was meant to be tongue-in-cheek. I know. I, <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't right care. Now. I don't care either Pro- way. I'm probably, happy with yeah. both of them. <laughs> um, you know, our ramblings are very intelligible. Well, I don't know. Did you hear the? Um, the I heard the story about the. You know, <laughs> it's, Yelp. It's Tim goes like, right up. Well, uh, hey, did you hear? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe I, it reminded right. me. Uh, you know how Yelp is kind of like, uh, kind of like scam mafia. Yeah, there's like this whole like they like. I've heard stories. I don't know from personal experience. They'll they'll, they'll put up a one star review and then call you be like, you know, if you paid us, we could get you some. It's like this whole yeah, weird thing. Exactly. Like, so there's this one pizzeria. This is a couple of years ago, I guess that was like I saw it. get got hosed by them, and so he went. He he gave like twenty percent coupons to everybody that would give him a one star review. Right. Uh, just to just to, you know disrupt the system, and it was. Yep. I just thought that was awesome. That's kind of what this email reminded me of. I love it. Or this. Message. Yes. Except this guy's not getting twenty percent off. No, it's free. It's already free. At least it's free. Nothing's free. Everything costs something. <laughs> what What if he was one of our top Patreon composers or uh, support, supporters composers supporters? That'd be funny. Then I tell you one thing. <clears throat> I've never heard a better. Thank you. Review. Thank you very much. And I, and I hope to appoint this disappointed composer one day. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what that means. What uh, weekly tip segment? We had somebody write in for this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, was it, it was as much as I got. Right? Okay, I, I don't know it? who it was, but I remember the gist of it. The, uh, the it was, tip was, and Tim, uh, you can name him. I'm pretty sure it was John here. Tansley. Hmm. Yeah, it was John Tansley. Yeah. Okay, so John Tansy, and the tip was using uh, yep. magnets. Uh, if you if you use magnets on a piece of metal when you're doing fine soldering, instead of little alligator clips, you can actually just use a little magnet over the piece of wire on a on a metal piece to hold the wires in place. Think of maybe a, a piece of um, just flat iron, you know, like a, I yeah. Think so it, I think it's picture like had a, a ruler. Yeah, yeah he had like, like a ruler a metal or something. Ruler in this he was using yeah, so something yeah. like that. That's, and so how many other magnet ideas can you get out there? Huh? Jeez, I feel like magnet could be every week we could have a magnet tip. Yeah. They're million. so handy. I'd be okay yeah. with that. What a great way on the electronics bench to, uh, you could have a whole bunch of little screwdrivers on a magnetized strip of metal also. You know what I mean? Like there's a ton of stuff you could do. Well, that's, that's A lot of guys same. hang their tools that way. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with your chef knives, right? In your kitchen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think like maybe if there's no kids around. Because I was thinking about doing that, except I don't know. They climb up onto the counter, and then all of a sudden, you know they what? If they're old, cut their hands on my ginsu. High, they're old enough to have access to the knife. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I completely disagree agree, with you. Agree um, to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was a good tip. Clamping with magnets onto a uh, steel rule. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Thank you. Um, what grabbed your attention this week? Let's go to Tim this time. Um, 
I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but there was a... I don't think I did. It was on um, Netflix. It's called One Strange Rock, and it's a limited series, and uh, Will Smith is the host of it. Oh, is uh, he blue? No, he's not blue in this one, so he's just he's just regular Will. But there's... Okay. um. He, there, it's basically like a like a nature like planet Earth type documentary thing, but it's done from this sort of perspective where he's talking to astronauts, people that have gone off of the planet, and getting their sort of perspective on the planet, um, and showing how everything is sort of connected, like showing how you know like um, there's like basically like you know like how the the rainforest, like the, the moisture that comes out of the rainforest, like provides water, you know, forty thousand miles away, whatever, like all that kind of stuff, showing the connectivity between all these different climates and how they interact with each other. Because you don't really feel like that. We can't see it because we're so small. But then you get up into space and you look down, and you say like, "Oh yeah, that storm is picking up moisture from here and dropping it over there." Like they're connected, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was really really well. I I love those types of documentaries, like the whole Planet Earth BBC yes, type documentaries, like all the all the high end you know film work and of nature and so I can say nature now because we're out of the segment. Um, and it's just, it doesn't disappoint. And I think astronauts are awesome. I love looking at the earth from space, you know? Uh, so it's just really cool. Amazing. A lot, lot of input. <laughs> yeah. A lot of FIFO. Uh, yeah. what about you, Bill? Well, I got two things. One is the most important and what caught my attention this week, especially is the importance of family. And, um, so check this Aww. out right now. My wife is Casey is at Heidi's mom's place cutting her sister's hair she already did her mom yesterday so my ex-wife's my ex-in-laws were, were take they are so loving all of these people wow uh my ex this is a whole new chapter of my life with the new family being involved so i want to give a shout out to the joneses which will be lilla Patton, libby hannah spencer and of course aspen heidi and duke They've taken us in, and I now have a bunch of kids and a, a step-husband and a, a sister mom. Uh, that's what Casey and Heidi call each other, sister moms. Um, anyway, shout-out to that, and I'm just so beyond happy with having this whole family in my life, and I'm blessed. The second thing is completely just like the opposite end of the scale. Uh, what caught my attention? Did you guys know that Kiefer Sutherland has a band and he's good? No, but I did know that he's Canadian. What, I have uh, heard that he had a band, but I haven't heard I, I, them. Just look up, he does YouTube videos also of like him cooking in his apartment, and he does these little like what? meals and how to prepare meals. I know, it's Kiefer Sutherland, right? 24, that all guy's the awesome. movies. Yeah. Jack but Bauer. But he's also yeah. got a bunch of music videos, and he's cool. good. His, wow. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to it, it's, like, it's kind of like a country-ish theme to it, but it's like he's good. The guy can sing. I was just like, wow. wow. So check out Kiefer Sutherland on YouTube. Okay, cool. I will. Um, what caught my attention this week is uh, is a relatively new YouTube channel, and it's a little scary, even though it's in the guise of technology and comedy. It's called Control Shift, um, Control Shift Face, and Control is C T R L like on your keyboard, yep. and they take old clips of movies or TV shows and they can manipulate the faces so that like uh, for example one of the videos that I saw was a video of Bill Hader doing a couple of impressions one was of um, Al Pacino and the other one was Arnold Schwarzenegger and they take his face and they make it look like Al Pacino's 
but like it just sort of smoothly transitions to it. It's still on his body, still his hair, but oh, this, it's like like a deep fake is what it's they a call deep, it. It's exactly yeah. what it's a deep fake, and yeah. so like yes, it's a demonstration of the technology, but also it's incredibly scary that no, this kind of technology is out there right now because we're really going to have to start questioning even more than we do now what's real manipulated well, images th- yeah that's the thing yeah. though and I've, I've heard about this from more than a few sources and the scary part isn't it's it's does it's not scary because the fact that we know about it that means that if so and what they were saying is like somebody can like take a, a video and show you breaking into a car right and send it to right. the police and it's not you it's a okay well now that we know that this technology exists it's already debunked Right, so you know that that's not going to be able to stand up. But but the problem is, there's the time before the video gets analyzed. There's the time, like if there's all of a sudden there's a video of the president saying we're going to war and he's not saying it, and then there's missiles firing before someone goes, but wait see, a minute, again, was that fake? That's, that's fantasy. The- that's fantasy because because of the fact that this technology exists and we know that that's possible. There are already steps in place to keep that from going on. I'm sorry. I there just are people who will question, and there are people who will not. Right, and the yes. ones who will not, the idiots who just believe that 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 this that Phil Pinsky is now Tim Sway, Phil Pinsky is actually in Tim's shop. Have the same videos. number of votes that you have. <laughs> what I'm saying is, the people that believe these stupid things are are not the people in power that can do great damage. I just don't believe that. No, but listen no, but to what they, I, listen to what I said. They, they their keep... vote counts as much as yours does. And they're also they're the, they're the ones that might be more likely to take matters into their own hands. Let's, Correct. Let's do this. Let's do this because I, I want to sympathize with the, the worry of what technology can bring. Okay. I want to sympathize with that where I don't think it's ever going to do anything but bring goodness to the world. I just do. So let's check and, back and, in but, a year. Let's check back in a year yeah. if we haven't gone to nuclear war. Let's check back in a year. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's the danger. I think it's further distrust of of news and journalism and media there's already, I mean, as it is now how much more we, can you distrust news and journalism than is already now but how scary is that because that means that, that means now the government or anybody gets to say fake news this isn't real what they're telling you isn't true believe me you know what i mean so like how we need that? more trust in in objective news what you need not is, less what you need is to do a little bit more work if you want to this has been going on forever. I mean, you can say, oh, no, I read it in... What's been going on forever? I read it in a magazine. It must be true, right? That used to be the saying. I but read the, it in a New- magazine. It must be true. The New York Times, mm-hmm. for over 100 years, has done the work before they made the, they publish it. They, they right. have a reputation for more than a century of doing the work before they publish it, and there's a good percentage of the population that says it's fake news. Right. O- okay, but so it's also it's also a one-sided opinion, right? Isn't the New York Times is is it basically is on the, the left of the spectrum, it's right? A, it's a newspaper of record. They have an editorial page that is left of the spectrum. <laughs> it's still but, a left-leaning but, paper. Yeah, the editorial page is, but the news is the news that happened. The, a storm well, broke out yesterday. Okay. No, I mean so that's again. Let's check know, back in the year and see every, how much damage. Everything's written by a person. There's all right. Everyone knows the date. July third, twenty nineteen. Okay. Uh, our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Check out Phil Pinsky, IronAndSoul.com, WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net, NewPerspectivesMusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestion, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. 
especially when it's news and politics related. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. <laughs> Not. <laughs> or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio, on iTunes. Leave us those reviews. We read them only if they're five stars. Go to our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Hit up that link. It'll pop open your iTunes, and you can leave that five-star review and any vitriol you want to throw our way. Uh, Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the best way to keep these three political analysts going. So thanks for listening, guys, and have a great week. Bye, everybody. Be good. Don't trust the media. (laughs) 